KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Frank, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 uh, KXNO, and with you here for the next couple of hours on a busy Thursday. We've got a lot of ground to cover on the uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to hear from Dave Sinekin. He's the head cheese.com. I can't wait for this game tonight, Trent. I really can't. Yeah. It's the NFC. Uh, NFC is so much more competitive, at least through three weeks, than the AFC has been, where there clearly seems to be two teams head and shoulders above the other. You can make a case for eight or ten in the NFC, thankfully, and two of them will collide. On Thursday night football at Lambeau Field tonight, Dave Sinekin's headed to Lambeau. We will speak with him. Stephen M. Sipple, uh, game day is headed to Lincoln. They've got the Buckeyes in town. We'll take a look back at Illinois, Nebraska for a couple of minutes, but preview Ohio State and Nebraska. Uh, uh, prime time on Saturday night. Do you have an opinion? I kind of. As you know, I loved Illinois last week. You did. Liked them on the money line, too. Almost got that taste in my mouth, but just short on that one. I'm kind of liking the Cornhuskers. Are here. you? What's it's the not number? a strong I'm not going to play it in our picks or anything like that. It's not that strong of opinion. 17 and a half. I was going to say and, 15, 16, 17 and a half. Yeah, wow. that's what it was, at least yesterday when mm-hmm. I was looking. Seems and like sure. a lot of points for the it, home team. It does. Remember that game a year ago in Columbus? Yes. Maybe it was Nebraska's best game of the year. I think that is absolutely the case. They played really well there. They're going to be able to move the football. But Ohio State, the way Fields has looked, I, I didn't anticipate this at all. No, they they look like... Um, well, clearly, they're better than Michigan. I, I, I think we are talking to Bill Benner maybe after the spring, somebody like that. and He, know, he was, was at the spring game. Yeah, yeah. and he talked about yeah. just how bad Justin yes, Fields he looked. And yeah. He might not even win this job, and right. they don't have a backup. It, right. And here he is. And, and I think Ryan Day went to Chicago Media Day still you know, noncommittal as yes. to who his quarterback was going to be. Well, obviously picked the right guy. They're yeah. off to a really good start. So you can understand why he was a five-star as yeah. opposed to Hunter Johnson was a, a five-star. Lee Sterling's got some stars beside his picks. We're going to find out how much he likes some of these games at 1045. He's got a five-pack. His college football game of the year, now you won't hear about it publicly, but you'll, you'll hear him tease it a little bit, but he's going to get into uh, some of the bigger games this week. Kevin Lehman was going to join us yesterday on the heels of the Kansas announcement, Kansas basketball announcement, who really, uh, the NCAA has trained their sights on these schools now, and it's only a matter of time, I think, before we hear from some of the other blue bloods in college basketball, and not uh, non-blue bloods. Scranton's not a blue blood, but they're caught up in it as well. Uh, and there's going to be a whole bunch of schools uh, that find themselves in a little bit of hot water. Kansas was first. This doesn't mean that this is going to be adjudicated, that we will know anything before the ball goes there in the air in a month. We'll know about this probably May, June, July of next year uh, is the timeline. But Kevin Lehman was at Valley Media Days, and I want to just pick his brain a little bit on how big of a talker He's a college basketball analyst, so he's, I'm sure, talked to a number of people in the business. Mm-hmm. Get his take. I uh, will go uh, vicariously, I guess, through Kevin Lehman. Alex Halstead on the Cyclones. John Miller on the Hawkeyes before we get out of here at noon. Let's start with your Minnesota Twins, Trent, as they Oh, I thought you'd the, never ask. <laughs> you're the capture of the division. Fun year to be a Twins fan. I guess every year's a fun year, just more so the years when they do capture, do uh, something right now for their for doing so they'll get the Yankees. Right. You know what? 
it's time. It is. Time to knock off this nemesis of theirs in the AL East. You know, back in July, and they played that very entertaining series With at Target ton of Field. Runs. It was. And that's how they're going to have to win this series. They're not going to win a bunch of 3-2, 4-3 type of games. They're going to have to outmash them. Mm-hmm. The good news is they are built to mash with people. And even with the injuries, this team is not the same team when completely healthy from in center field, the best defensive center yeah. fielder in the game in Buxton. First base, Crone, who's been really good this mm-hmm. year. He's banged up. There's a lot of injuries on this team. But even in the current construction, with Sano and Nelson Cruz and Mitch Garver, who's yeah, put what together a, what a year he's an had. absolutely ridiculous season, and on and on and on, they can match up. And I'm not confident by any means, but what at least gives me some hope as a fan is their starting pitching is not going to do much. You, you need to mm-hmm. get a win game, maybe two out of Brios. I mean, in, in order to win that series. He's been better as of late. He has. You, you probably you have to get at least one, if not two, from him. But the back end of the bullpen has been a lot better. This had been a continued conversation piece all the way up to the deadline. They brought in Dyson. He was damaged goods. Pitched three different times, shut him down three different times. And now he's uh, going to have surgery. It's too bad because Trent's body of work in mm-hmm. San Francisco was so good. We both thought that this was one of the better moves at the trade deadline. But the other guy that they got at the deadline, Sergio Romo. And yeah, he, been great. He's not the same guy no, that he was. No, but you know what? He's more than that. It's, it's, it, he's got a presence on that team. Yes, there is no doubt. He is beloved. Watching, and I watched Playoff for tested. About an hour and a half last night, the celebration over on Fox Did Sports you North. Really? Yeah, I just... It's been you know nine years. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's been nine years. You know mm-hmm. my love for the mm-hmm. Twins and my love for baseball. And yeah, they made the wild card game two years ago. That was okay. Certainly, yeah, but this was, was they won the division. They won the division. Right. And now you're not playing a one game playoff just to get into the right. bracket. Right. You are in. And October fourth, Friday is, is yes. was that what I saw? That series is going to start on Friday. We don't know when, More, but on Friday, it's October the Yankees. 4th. It'll be it'll be, it'll be in the night prime game. time. Yes. Yep. It's Good the point. Yankees, so they'll be in there. And you kind of look at the other divisional series. Yeah, Yankees going to be in prime time. Yeah, a lot. for sure. Don't expect many day games for the Yanks uh, wherever they advance to. But it was a season that I didn't see coming. I wasn't overly optimistic. I thought they'd be okay fighting a for a wild people, card. You see, you were one of the um, the holdouts because a lot of folks thought that this was going to be the Twins yeah. year. That this was going to be a step back for the Indians. And the, if they if they do take a step back, well, somebody's got to take a step forward. It's not going to be the Tigers. It's no. not going to be the Royals. White Sox are probably a year or so away. So mm-hmm. you know, by process of elimination, it was going to be the Twins. And a lot of people felt that way, and uh, and they were right. But yeah, it's a great story. Look, we've got. Um, and we don't have the Cubs. We've nope. got the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. We've got the Twins. Um, Brewers. And the Brewers. How about Uke last night? Did you see the... Uh, I did not. So during the celebration, here comes Bob Euchre into the clubhouse, and he starts chanting some numbers and being goofy, and they're pouring beer all over his head. He just, he's a fun-loving yeah. guy. Great to see you. He and tweeted, that story... Yeah, go ahead. Well, the Brewers. Oh, yeah. Left I for know. dead. Well, Kristen Yelich, the best player in, the, in their team for National League, maybe. Yes, I mean, way to rally around uh, your fallen teammate, right? I I thought they would for, you know, series. I didn't think they'd be able to keep this up. September 5th, the Brewers' postseason odds fall to 3.1% from baseball perspective. Five days later, Christian Yelich gets hurt out Mm -hmm. for the year. September 25th, they go 17-2. and It's nuts. Punch their ticket to October. Meanwhile, the Cubs continue to pee down their leg, and yeah. it's official. They are out of it. You know, I tried to watch it last night, Trent. I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, it, isn't it funny how it, that all of a sudden it really, just it completely the shuts Shays off? and Casper had no energy. And I get it. Yes. I get it. Nobody saw this coming. And, you know, typical, we get through seven innings. 
Uh, Lester was good through six, mm-hmm. and then boom, <laughs> it's the fan again. Hap had a nice game after dropping a pop fly the a pop fly uh, the night before at third base. But uh, uh, anyway, so the baseball is going to be good. We'll have three air quotes. We want to put the Brewers in, and I, yeah, okay, we can. We'll claim them. Yes, uh, we're going to have three teams that uh, make the way to postseason. The Twins on Friday. Yet to know what uh, when the Cardinals were start, but it's just so you know we looked forward to this when we realized. How meaningful the final weekend of the uh, Major League Baseball season could be for two teams that, you know, the most popular and the second most popular, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm I know I got the first one right uh, in the market. We were going to see the Cardinals and the Cubs on the final weekend of the season with so much to play for. Can you believe it? Trent, I'm not going to be watching football full-time on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You have to find t- I won't even turn the games on. No. There's no reason There's to. There's no reason to. Lester no. shut down. He was His, his last uh, start of the year was last night. He's not going to pitch on Sunday. Why no. pitch him? Nothing to play for. Um... Yeah, it's just weird having this team out. Well, there's going to be changes, and that's going to be a big talker here in the next couple of months mm-hmm. is how deep those changes go. We know that the manager is going to be one of them. There's a lot of people that are disappointed that has come to this with Joe Madden. And I get it. Yeah. He's a likable guy. He mm-hmm. really is. I like his press conferences. I like what he did for this team, leading him to the promised land when so many had tried and failed before him with those expectations that he's going to be the one. You know, he's going to be the one. Well, Joe Madden was the one. Uh, now he's going to be, I, I guess, got his got his sight sets. If you believe the Athletic, on a couple of jobs in the Pacific Time Zone, maybe the Angels, yeah. or maybe the Padres. Padres wouldn't be bad, would yeah, it? Yeah, the Angels got a manager. They do. So should the guy's done. No, 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 no. Or no, I'm a little bit behind the Here times. You are a little bit behind the times, but um, they've got they got a manager. I think it's got to be the Padres. Andy Green already fired. Mm-hmm. Um, Osmus don't think is on the hot. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he is. I don't, yeah. I don't follow it close enough. No. Anyways, uh, so there's going to be some changes. There's no doubt about that. All right, this game tonight. Uh, look, it's the Eagles. They're banged up. This is a team that had so much depth. At least that was one of the big talking points going into it. Uh, the way they lost last week, kind of a head scratcher. Uh, Carson Wentz is still playing at a very high level, but this Packers defense, this is, this is the difference, right? This is a team that no longer relies on number 12 to carry them. Mm-hmm. And number, and Aaron Rodgers has been, you know, as Aaron Rodgers go, so go the Green Bay Packers. Not the case. He's got a defense when he's having, not necessarily an off night, but he doesn't have to carry him 16 weeks out of the regular season. His defense can help him out. And the schedule for the Eagles, if you think, you know, it's the Eagles, they'll be fine. They're really banged up right now. they got to find a way to start banking some victories. After this, they're home for the Jets. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. But then three straight road games. It doesn't happen very often in the NFL, but three straight at the Vikings, the Mm. Cowboys, Mm. and the Bills. Wow. Back to back. The Bills are off to a great start. On the road. After that, they get Chicago at home. Tough. Tough game. Then two more home games in a row after a bye week. But they're New England and Seattle. Oh, my God. They go to Miami. Okay, that's good. Yeah. But then they finish up with division games. Two with the Giants, one at the Redskins, one with the Cowboys. So so the Eagles-Cowboys end the regular season together? No, that's the Giants-Eagles will be at the end. That's gotcha. week 16 for that. But That's too bad. They'll have three games out of four there at the end that they should be able. But you got to get some wins. Uh-huh, you you have to get some wins. Because, Trent, the Cowboys... 
I mean, they're three. No, I know that this week is there uh, at Saintville. That's not going to be easy. But this Cowboys team is uh, is they're really good. America's mm-hmm. team is really good this year. All right, let's finish up on our topic from yesterday, just real quick. A, I'm surprised Aaron Calvin is still employed, and, and not because what he wrote. I mean, what he wrote was a mistake. Yes, that that. that um, and, and hats off to the community. I mean, they, he's he's made more money um, since Anheuser Busch and the story broke. Right? He's he's made more money for the University of Iowa, which which is great. But you can't the the, the tweets that he put out there, right? As and, and the register for not for not looking into the background that that's egregious in and of itself. But can you imagine? You know, a, a call comes into the newsroom, and it's not like there's hordes of news reporters in this day and age anymore. No, that's a really lonely newsroom if indeed it's still staffed by you know by I don't know how many people are there. And it's a complaint about you know there's a big police story unfolding, and they and they look over and and, and Calvin's the only one sitting in the newsroom. You can't send him to that story. No, his last uh, one of his main t- f. The cops can't do that. F the cops. This is Des Moines Register news guy. This is why he has to walk the plank. Yes. And I'm shocked that he hasn't. I, I really and I hate to see people get fired. I really do. I, I'm not I'm not one of those people that takes any joy whatsoever uh, in in someone losing their gig. And if I have said that in the past, there's been very few in them. And, um, you know, I hope it wasn't a personal reaction on my part. It might have been, but I honestly don't remember if someone can find one of those pointed out and, and I'll own it. But this is different. You know, the, the, A, he was hired in the first place despite the social media, which is routine, background check, yeah. routine check. Uh, but anyways, all right, let's move on. Are you surprised? I mean, didn't you think that he would be, we, it gets you talked news. me into it. I, I thought that was the case, but it's we, just tweets. It's not the fact. It, no, it, the, the mis- this is, that was more on the editor. Yes, more on the editor. It was above anything. his pay grade. He yes. was. He found them. They sat down in a room. I have no idea who was there. Carol Hunter was there. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else was there with her. But they green lighted this uh, whole situation. But you know what? Out of every. Uh, I don't know what the saying is. <laughs> Darkness comes the lighter. The fact that the community stepped up and just continues to support this cause, and mm-hmm. it is a cause, uh, is um, it's great to be an Iowan. Yeah, it is. And, and you know what? The the state needs to heal. The state needs to heal. Um, and get some football. Game. And get some foot. And thank God we've got some football yeah. this weekend. As I was back on the field, I'm ready for Big Ten play, but I'm not going to wish, wish away the Middle Tennessee uh, State game. So that's 11, correct? 11, and then Clones are 2.30, and then it's the following week. Michigan, Iowa's at 11, and TCU, Iowa State are at 11. So you've yes. got a conflict next week. That's where it becomes a little bit more difficult if you want to watch both. You just have to stay off Twitter and tape them both and watch a little bit uh, in delay. Watch a few plays. Probably won't be able to do that. See, I'm, I'm good at that. Yeah. I've mastered that, and I've been able so far. You're a stronger to, man than I am. Well, I just don't want to know. I don't yeah. want to. You want to look on Twitter and say, oh, there's a touchdown coming up. Well, why the hell do I have to watch these plays? Because I know what's how it's going to end. <laughs> uh, anyways, I don't know how the uh, Packers and the Eagles are going to end tonight because uh, this one's got a great chip. four, right? It's the number. Mm-hmm. Packers are favored by four. Let's get him in here. He's the headcheese.com. He's Dave Sinekin. Uh Dave Trenton, Ken, how are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, good to talk to you. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this game tonight. As Trent and I have been talking all week, and I'm sure, you know, this is we aren't the only ones with this take. The NFC has been so uh, good so far, as opposed to the AFC, where they're clearly two teams that are so much better than everybody else. The NFC is going to be so much fun to watch sort out. And here are two of these teams that most feel are going to, you know, be there till the end: Green Bay, Philadelphia, on a short week. Your biggest concern in this day, in this game, Dave? 
Well, I, it is the short week. I know Philly's banged up, and they're going to be missing a couple guys. I'm really going to watch and see if Zadarius Smith plays. He's uh, he's the questionable one. this yep. week with a knee injury, and uh, would not have practiced if they had practiced. You know, the injury reports are kind of sketchy because no teams practice on an early week. So that's that's a key because if he doesn't play, Rashawn Gary is counted on to chase down Carson Wentz, and Packers defense has been really good through three weeks, but they have not played a quarterback anywhere near. Uh, as good as Carson Wentz, so I really hope that Z is able to play tonight. Are you just? Did you take joy in twisting the knife in this Broncos fan that you're just <laughs> killing his quarterback? <laughs> no, but you're yeah. right. <laughs> he's not. He's not. Uh, you know, a dangerous weapon. But I'll tell you what, that running attack was legit, and they gave the Packers all kinds of problems last week. Yeah, the offense still feels like there's so much upside still to it if they continue to protect the way they do of Aaron Rodgers. Jones has looked to, to be a solid running back and. Boy, again, Valdez Gantling, it seems like he is kind of the next in the line. And the Packers seemingly always are building these guys. And Devontae Adams, the most recent one, he's become a star in the league. It feels like Valdez Gantling may be on that path to stardom. Yeah, I think so. He had some big plays. I think what they're really trying to get uh, him to improve on is contested catches. You know, uh, catches for first downs in traffic. He's had a hard time hanging on to some tough balls. Uh, he's really good on deep patterns. It is a, a perfect deep threat and a good complement to Devontae Adams. But he's got star potential. He's got the speed, the size, the kind of stuff that very few humans have. Uh, I do expect uh, Devontae Adams to be productive tonight. There's been a lot of chatter. He's a little upset by the number of targets. Uh, Rodgers understands he's got to get on the ball more. I look for Matt LaFleur to be creative tonight and move Adams around in a slot more. Uh, the Eagles will be without their best corner, Ronald Darby. Mm-hmm. That should open up things for a passing game that really, I think, should click tonight. The Eagles have been 29th against the pass through three weeks. They allowed Case Keenum to throw for nearly 400 yards, Matt Ryan over 300. So uh, I think this might be the night where the Packers offense starts to click. I just hope the Packers defense can maintain because I think uh, Philly's going to be able to move the ball uh, pretty well on the ground with their three-headed attack. Do you get the sense that Aaron Rodgers is really enjoying, at least through three weeks of the season, not having to be the guy that, I mean, he's still one of the greatest quarterbacks in the game, uh, but he's not, the, he's not as, I guess, uh, counted on as much to lead this team. As Aaron Rodgers goes, so go the Packers. they got a defense now. Aaron Rodgers realizes this. I think he's having fun, Dave. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, it, it trickles down to everything. You know, the, the defense... Uh, has been so good that you know the offense hasn't had to carry its weight. They've had more time to rest a little bit, and you know Rodgers is always going to be Rodgers. If the team's in a close game late, he's the guy that will carry this team. But uh, no longer does this team need to score thirty points to beat good teams. This defense is legit, and they're mm-hmm. only going to get better. I mean, these two rookies, Rashawn Gary, finally started to spread his wings last week. Darnell Savage, I've, I've read from several national writers, uh, through three weeks might be up there for the NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year just by the impact he has made. And Jair Alexander has been the highest-graded corner in the NFL through three games as well. Mm-hmm. So you, you add those to the two Smiths who had five sacks last week, and uh, this is an entirely different defense, and I think they're going to be around all season long. So, yeah, I think Rodgers enjoys the fact that he's got a supporting cast on the other side of the ball, and, and he knows that this, this offense is going to be a whole lot better three, four, five, six weeks from now than what it is right now. Already a home win against the Vikings, a road win against the Bears. The Lions still have yet to take a loss here. This division's going to be very good, but have to be happy with the case. Who concerns you most out of those other three in the race for the division title? 
I still think it's the Vikings. You know, I thought mm. this would be a year the Bears take a step back with uh, just some of the changes they've made and, and the quarterback concerns. The Vikings are still so talented on both sides of the ball. And, you know, frankly, Delvin Cook might be the most explosive running back in football. Mm-hmm. And um, if he can stay healthy and he plays 16 games, that offense is really tough because he is just a, a time bomb waiting to go off. And, yeah, Cousins will get you beat, but they're not going to ask a ton of him. I just think top to bottom, the Vikings and the Packers are the two teams that uh, are the ones we're going to be talking about at the end of the year. And you know, everybody up here is saying what a huge game it is Sunday for the Vikings in Chicago because they've already lost a division mm-hmm. game. I think it's a bigger game for the Bears. If they lose two home division mm-hmm. games in September, they're really behind the eight ball. The Vikings play all three of their division home games in December. So if they can stick around, they're going to really see the schedule turn their way. So much as I uh, I hate the Bears, I will be pulling for them on Sunday. <laughs> nice. Uh, Dave Sinek in theheadcheese.com is where you can read him. His preview, theheadcheese.com, as he covers the uh, Packers via the blog and also on the radio at KFAN. And I'm assuming you'll be recapping uh, on Sunday morning at 7 a.m. and then the podcast will be available. But look, and I don't want to wish this game away, Dave, and I'm not, and I can't wait for it. But at the same time, looking ahead to next week, at Cowboys, Packers, Cowboys, love when these two teams play. Cowboys are good, so at least so far they look as they're they're right up there amongst the leaders in the NFC. Boy, oh boy, next week, how big is that? It, it's really big, Ken, and that's why I think tonight's game is so important because if they stub their toes against Philly and then lose to Dallas, suddenly you're 3-2 and two and you're not feeling anywhere near as good about yourself. So I think they really need to go into Dallas at 4-0. and oh. Maybe it's two 4-0 and oh teams. They'll do the Randall Cobb reunion. Uh, that mm. Dallas offense is really, really humming along, although Amari Cooper, I know, is dealing with a bit of a foot injury. But what a challenge for Green Bay's defense to deal with Zeke and uh, what Dak Prescott is doing as well. And, and really fun to see how this defense responds to that. Uh, getting 10 days rest is certainly an advantage for the Packers, and Dallas plays Sunday night, so it's a bit of a short week. So uh, a, a bit of an advantage, I'd say, for Green Bay, just having more prep time to get healthy. But, yeah, that one is circle your calendars, and uh, I think we'll learn a whole lot about this Green Bay team. I mean, you know, three of these first four games are at home. You hope they take care of business, and, man, if they roll in there at 4-0 and the nation's attention around them, that's a that's a big test next Sunday, and I think we'll know very much about this team following that game. And last thing, Dave, you want to go on record with this game tonight? I think it's a field goal game. I'm, I'm just about to head to, to Lambeau myself. I'll be there. I've not had great success. When I've been to games at Lambeau Field of late, uh, I was there for the opener last year. That was my first win in about six. Uh, so I tend to not bring out the best in Green Bay. I hope that's not the case. I think it's a close game. I think Green Bay wins, like, I don't know, 24-21, 23-20, something like that. But uh, I do think uh, it'll be in doubt all the way to the end of the game. We will talk to you in advance of uh, the Packers-Cowboys next week and read Dave, theheadcheese.com, theheadcheese.com. Dave, thank you. You got it, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, good to talk to you. Uh, so, three point games. That how kind of you see this, Trent? I think so. I think we're going to see a good effort out of the Eagles. Is it going to be good enough to win in Lambeau? I don't think it is. I, I like Green so. Bay tonight yeah. too. I really do. Short week. Philly's hurt. A lot of in a lot of areas. 
um, you know, this Philly team that had so much depth, well, it's really being tested here yes. as they get set to play game four of the regular season. We're going to get set to talk to Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. Game day is in Lincoln. So are the Buckeyes, by the way. Uh, we'll talk to <laughs> Sip about Buckeyes and the Huskers. Lee Sterling still to come this hour. He's got a five-pack of games that he wants to opine about. Trent and I are here until noon. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Oh. Understand. Cause after all, he's just a man. We got new intro music for Sip. Here we go. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. For people that are missing this, go back to the podcast from last week when we had Sip on. That's great stuff. Hello, Stephen M. How are you? Yeah, well, you got to refresh my memory on why are we playing Tammy Wynette right now? It was a stand-by-your-man situation. What clue were we It was talking? Maurice Washington. That's right. Yeah, and Scott yeah. Frost standing by his man and Maurice Washington. I don't know how it popped into my head, but here we are, Sip. What do you think of your new theme music? <laughs> I like it. I, I, like, I like old-time country. Uh, we got some for you, then. Yeah, well, I like it. It's a little odd. Probably fitting, right? Yeah, I'm good with you. Off we go. Indeed. Game day's coming to town. Let's go back before we go forward because that was an, I was entertained last, uh, last Saturday night watching the game in Champaign. And what will, how will we remember this when we look back? Was this the, I don't say the coming out party of Wandale Robinson, but maybe it is. He had a hell of a game, Sip. I mean, I'm not sure they, um, you know, get the W. He played a big role in it. Wandale Robinson, huge game last week. Oh, I think that that might be it. I think you hit on it. I'm, I'm, I'm interested that you did. That shows me that you've been paying close attention to Nebraska because he'd been good in three games. But, I mean, I hadn't seen that. Right. And I think it – I mean, I think if you're a Nebraska fan, you should be really excited about what you saw because of the intangible nature of it, which is what? I mean, he's a true freshman who at the end of the game said, put it on me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can do this. He didn't have to do it alone. Uh, Adrian Martinez and J.D. Spielman were big parts of it too. But the fact that that young guy, you know, on the ro- in a road environment in the Big Ten, albeit somewhat subpar competition, but he, but he went to the coaches and said, I want the ball. I want the ball on the one-yard line. You know, so, no, I, no, I think – that's what I wrote about largely, and that's that'll be one of my major takeaways. The other takeaway was, I mean, they just they just kind of did what they had to do, and it was they, they walked the tightrope. Mm-hmm. That's always sort of scary, but once you get to the other side, I guess there's a there's a pretty good feeling of uh, accomplishment and joy, and I think that's what they feel. Lane McCollum missed extra point this year, missed field goal. The mm. kicking game continues mm. to be a big, big issue. And now weather's starting to turn. Certainly felt it this morning out there. What's the kicking situation going to look like? And might it just be a case where short of a fourth and long at your 20-yard line, start going for it even more on fourth down and start going for two even more? Well, it's really... I mean, you guys are really dialed in, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's, and I would say actually that 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 
trend, that topic's not being probably talked about enough out here. There's so much going on out here that, unfortunately, that topic gets lost. It's been a debacle. Now, in in Lane McCallum's defense, he didn't ever think he was going to be a kicker here. I mean, he he, he (laughs) came here to play safety. Uh, You know, I I think, I don't think he'd tell you that. I mean, he didn't come here to be a kicker. Um, He's essentially the four-string kicker. You know, I mean, that's they've gotten down mm. to that. It's just kind of, it's just been a mess. Barrett Pickering, we don't know what his status is, but I don't think he'll be the. I don't think Barrett Pickering, who again, we have, we don't, I almost have to remind people who he is at this point. He's he hit his last ten field goals last year. He was the starting kicker. There was no battle. There was, you know, the coaches would of course say, yeah, he's got to win the job, and, and nobody. It was it was sort of insulting everybody's intelligence. And he's not, he hasn't been there and it's been, it's been a fiasco. So yeah, it definitely changes game plan as you move into the opponent's territory. And I I don't know how they're going to handle it, to be honest. How are they going to handle Justin Fields, who's off to just tremendous starts? Yet, but I don't think he's been picked off. He's thrown a, a bunch of touchdown passes. He's living up to every one of those five stars that he had when he came out of high school. They're running the football. This offense is stout. It's legit. It's not going to be easy. Justin Fields is leading the way. Yeah, people here, I think, in Nebraska are getting a little tired of all the praise being heaped on the Buckeyes and Fields. And Chase Young, etc. Yeah, Young too. But I, I mean, what, what my what my thought on it is that just go with it because this is what you're. If you're in Nebraska, this is what you're chasing. I mean, maybe. I, I mean, I don't think Nebraska ever wants to be a program that's just content to win the West every now and then, and go to Indy and be a big underdog. Now, maybe there's people like that, but there's there's a lot of people that probably aren't. And and not, so if you're not in that mind, if you if you if you want to be the big dog, well, here's the big dog right in front of you. Okay, they're coming in. They're going to be in Lincoln. This is the standard that you're chasing. You're pretty far pretty far away from it, frankly. Um, you could beat them like like Purdue beat Ohio State last year, like Iowa beat uh, Ohio State in 2017, drummed them. But what did Iowa do after that? You know, I mean, they didn't really didn't necessarily capitalize on it. Um, it's this is you measure yourself in a game like this, and so when we talk about Chase Young and Justin Fields, we're talking about great players. That's the kind of players you have to have if you're going to win the Big Ten. You got to have a probably a, a first round draft pick, and Chase Young might be the first overall pick. <laughs> and Justin Fields is. I watched him against Indiana, and I was really taken by arm strength, mm-hmm. by size, by running ability. He can run it, yep. Voice. Yeah, he's got it all. To me, I mean, he's he, and he's got a strong – he has a strong arm, um, and he's handled things really well. Now, he handled a road environment in Indiana. Now, that, in, that environment will be nothing like he's going to see here. Uh, so let's see what that looks like. Stephen M. Simple joining us from the Lincoln Journal Star, Miller and Condon on KXNO. Sip, as you go through last year, the way that Nebraska played, Ken said earlier, might have been their best game of the year, even though they took the loss to the Buckeyes. Can you read anything into it, matchups, anything like that, or one year to the next? It's it's hard to carry over to 2019. Well, 
there's a couple of ways to look at that, I guess. I mean, yeah, Nebraska pushed them, and that should give Nebraska confidence, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're dealing with many of the same players. So, yeah, I think I think that that game matters in the big picture as we evaluate this one. The, you know, but it works two ways, right, Trent? Ohio State, I, I would think Nebraska would have Ohio State's attention because of that game, right? right? I mean, and I don't know that – you know, Ohio State wasn't playing all that well as it went into that game last year. There, remember, it, going into that game, there's a lot of questions about Ohio State last year, and they started, you know, they started to play well after that game. Um, but I would think, yeah, I, I think it definitely affects it. But I would say this: <clears throat> both teams are better. I think Ohio State is better defensively than last year. They simplified, and they're playing faster. And Chase Young's healthy. Chase Young was – people forget, but Chase Young was playing on two bad ankles last year. Um, and so he wasn't he wasn't near the player, in my opinion, that he is right now. And that's big. That's a huge piece. That's a – you talk about a first overall – a potential first overall pick. Now, Nebraska's better defensively, too, though. So that – you have to acknowledge that. So, you know, I'm here getting people texting me this morning saying – Ohio State's going to hang sixty on Nebraska. And I just don't buy it. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I think. I think they could. They could get in the forties. But Nebraska's defense is better, and I think Nebraska's defense, if it can force a couple turnovers and make them count, then I think they can be in the game late going into the fourth quarter. Hmm. You know, think about that Ohio State defense last year, and you mentioned Chase Young with the bad ankles, and Nick Bosa didn't play. <laughs> you know, Wow, how good could that uh, could they have been last year? Hey, Sip, last thing for you, uh, and I don't know what your travel schedule was like last week if you were in sequestered in Champaign and were able to be in front of a TV in the early morning window last week to watch uh, Michigan and Wisconsin. If so, what did you learn about that game? Is Wisconsin maybe way better than we thought when we uh, convened in Chicago, or is Michigan got way too much hype. Not, you know, I mean, I'm not going to take the easy way out. I mean, it's sort of a combination, right? But here's what here's what I think about Wisconsin. I guess the part of Wisconsin that has taken me somewhat by surprise is Wisconsin's defense. Now, I saw seven minutes of the South Florida game, the opener, where they shut out South Florida, right? Mm-hmm. And I was struck in those seven minutes by Wisconsin's defense. You know, by size, by by size, by physicalness, physicality, by speed, and I thought, wow! I mean, that's 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 a <laughs> that picture looks a little different than I anticipated because we had all these questions. It looks they look really good defensively. In fact, Joshua Perry, a name you may not may, mm-hmm. or may not recognize, he's a mm-hmm. B, he's a BTN analyst now. He used to play for the Buckeyes. Said on their on their Sunday show um, that he thinks Wisconsin might have the best defense in the country. Now, I don't know about that because uh, I don't see them all, but uh, that that part of it is surprising to me. And maybe the offensive line is a little better than I maybe would have thought. I think so, too. Yeah. They're, they're always good, right? But you didn't really – you weren't quite sure. And then the running back is breathtaking. I mean, he's a he's a he's a breathtaking <laughs> yes. player. I mean, he's if you if you like running back and you and, I, and I'm and I've always been someone who follows that position closely. I think he's a breathtaking running back. He's amazing with what he can do. So yeah, they're and they're good. Hey, they're receive they have good receivers, so balance is good. 
I don't see them beating Ohio State because I think they can tee off on Cone, who's not very mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if they can get enough done offensively against Ohio State. Well, they're way better but with Cephas that, hey, getting his game, eligibility. Though. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. That game, though, yeah, that was an eye opener. Yeah. It was an. <laughs> of course, it was an eye opener. Yeah, October 26th, Ohio State uh, will host Wisconsin. <laughs> then they get a bye, Wisconsin does, before they face Nebraska, or Iowa, and then Nebraska in consecutive weeks. Sip, we'll talk to you next week as uh, you continue on. It's been a while. You win two byes or one of Nebraska's byes. They're late in the season, right? Well, they have two, and I think the first one, I believe the first one's after Minnesota. It feels like. Uh, it is, yes. After Minnesota and before Indiana. So we will talk to you next week in advance of Northwestern. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. Sip, thank you. You're welcome. Take care, guys. Yeah, good See to you, talk Sip. to you. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. When did this song come out? Oh. 50s? 60s? I don't know. I remember it. I remember hearing it many times on Grandpa's radio. She's got a really good voice, yes. Lynn, does she not? <laughs> and we're playing it on Sports Talk Radio in Des Moines. Ah, we do things a little different around Thank here. God. We will take a timeout. Come back and uh, hear from Lee Sterling, right? Lee Sterling's got some picks. He'll opine. Yeah, we will uh, get to that next. It's Miller and Condon here until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Busy 11 o'clock hour. Kevin Lehman, college basketball analyst. Uh, on the unfolding scandal in college basketball, do some stuff on the Valley as media days were held earlier in the week. Alex Halstead on Iowa State. John Miller on Iowa. Lee Sterling coming off yet another winning week. Four and one this past week for Lee Sterling. He's also got his college football game of the year uh, coming up this weekend. Let's get into a five-pack of games. Lee, Trenton, Ken and Des Moines, thanks for coming on, Lee Sterling. Uh, another good week last week. Yeah, it was, and... Uh... This might be the biggest yet because just, uh, you know, there's still a lot of value out there. And, and there's still teams, you know, they can't, these odds makers, they can't study 130 teams and things are going on. Um, now, for instance, Arkansas State didn't reveal that their starting quarterback, Bonner, he was going to have uh, surgery on his thumb the other day. So it uh, just came out late last night. I knew about it three or four days ago. So. Uh, if you find out information and you study these games, there's still value. Forty one are two biggest games this year. Oregon, Oregon absolutely blew out Nevada seventy seven to six. And then two weeks ago, UCF, they just demolished Stanford at home. It was thirty eight seven and a half. So I found another game and this will be my college game of the year, even bigger than that. Biggest game of the entire season. Just go to ParamountSports.com. It is a fifty unit selection. And we're a documented thirty-nine and fourteen on these plays over the last eleven years. That's a pretty good record. We'll sign for that. <laughs> well, let's take a look at these games, Lee. We got a five-pack, and they all kind of move the needle where we are because we're you know Big Ten, Big Twelve country. I'll start Penn State, Maryland, Friday night. Looking forward to this game. There's a couple of good games on Friday night. Penn State is on the road, a six and a half point favorite over the Terps. Yeah, and and a lot of people will blindly play Penn State here, and and. 
I just think the Penn State uh, is, is okay. I don't think they're great. I don't think they have many home run hitters on offense. And I think that Maryland, this is their circle game, the game they wanted all along. Uh, Penn State defense hasn't faced this type of speed with quarterback Josh Jackson, who comes over from Virginia Tech, already eight touchdowns, just two interceptions. Anthony McFarland, no one talks about this guy. I think he's one of the ten best backs in the country. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone wanted him. He stayed his backyard. He goes to Maryland. He already has 225 yards and five TDs on the year. They get two receivers, and it must have also uh, Daryl Jones. These guys averaging over 18 yards of reception, and they're tall. 6-3 and 6-4. Penn State doesn't have a DB above 6 feet. First Penn State road game of the year, and they're 0-4 the last four on the road. If this was at Penn State, I tend to take Penn State and lay up to 10, but on the road, I think Maryland's going to make a statement here. They have some great weapons on offense. Wrong team's favorite, guys. Maryland upset mm, Penn State 31-28. Like that and one. And their favorite, yep. six and a half. Let's stay in yep. the Big Ten and go to the game day game this week as Nebraska welcomes in the Buckeyes. A year ago, Nebraska had Ohio State on the ropes before the Buckeyes prevailed. Ohio State, though, has looked really good. Well, Nebraska's been certainly uneven to this point. It's a big number, 17 and a half. What do you see with the Cornhuskers and the Buckeyes? Well, since that time and all offseason, all we're hearing about is Nebraska. I mean, remember, this is a 4-18 last year. People were projecting him to go 10-2, and most people. Yeah. I think it was a little too much. Uh, I think they got caught in their headlines. Uh, look at their offense. Just they can't, they can't hold on to the ball. I mean, they have 11 turnovers, offensive turnovers. That's just way, way too much. So if you're going to bet Ohio State, you're getting zero value. Why do I say that? They're steamrolling everyone. They're averaging 53 points per game. Justin Fields hmm. is involved in 19 TDs this year, but they haven't beaten anyone. Their defensive line is banged up. Look at the Nebraska weapons on offense. Adrian Martinez, running back Maurice Washington, tight end Jack Stoll. This guy will catch everything. And then J.D. Spellman at wide receiver. As you said, Ohio State won last year 36-31. I think they were lucky. I think it's going to be more of a high-scoring game than that. Ohio State might prevail, but I think this game's going down to the wire. I have Ohio State winning 45-38. Nebraska covering the 17.5 points. And big game here for Scott Frost. Either they're going to carry him off or... They might be throwing, putting his face on the dartboard. <laughs> so, a uh, lot, a lot of pressure uh, on this game for Nebraska to at least keep it close. Yeah, I like that with, uh, freshman receiver Wandale Robinson for um, uh, Nebraska as well. One of those yeah. Swiss Army knife guys can run it and can catch it. Oklahoma State showed me something last week. Sanders, it's going to be a low. It's going to be a pain for Big Twelve football fans if you're not a fan of Oklahoma State in the next four years. I think he's going to be really good. K State uh, is hosting Oklahoma State. K State's unbeaten. The Cowboys are a four and a half point favorite. Well, sometimes it's the dynamics of the game and. Oklahoma State is off a real taxing game in Austin against Texas. They, I mean, when that game ended, you just looked at those kids and they gave it all they had. They just had nothing left. Kansas State had the bye. So sometimes where the schedule plays out, uh, if these two teams play each other after tough victories, probably favor 
Oklahoma State, you know, they've lost three of the last five games. In fact, when they won, the only two, they won the largest margin of victory with six points here. So uh, people are still wondering why last year Bill Snyder was rotating quarterback Skylar Thompson, obviously the better guy. They're playing it smart. They're not running him as much. He is a much better passer. If he had some, some real good receivers, this guy would be putting up some big, big numbers. And there's also some value with this team. They should have beaten Mississippi State probably by 17 to 20 points, but those two fumble punts kept the game close here. I, I like Kansas State. I think they pull mm. off the upset, 35-31. Now the wrong team upset. is favored. Oh, back yep. out. we got two of them here this <laughs> week. Let's finish up in the state of Iowa. Up first, Kinnick Stadium. Iowa, big favorite against Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, and, and no one has run on Iowa. Less than 100 rushing yards all three games. Uh, they're taking care of the ball on offense. Only one turnover in three games, plus five in turnover ratio. You have those short fields, you're going to win a lot of games. You're going to cover games. Middle Tennessee State defense allowing at least 200 rushing yards in all three games here. And that includes FCS opponent, not Tennessee, Tennessee State. <laughs> so Iowa has Michigan and Penn State on deck, but I think they're rested. They're a little beaten up a couple different positions uh, on their team, but I think they should sneak over the number in the fourth quarter. They're also on a 13-4-1 run against the spread here. Give me Iowa here, 38-10 over Middle Tennessee State. And finally, Iowa State making their way down to Waco to take on Baylor. The Cyclones bounce back in a big way after their first loss of the season. 72 points put up against Louisiana Monroe. Baylor comes in 3-0. and not overly impressive, but still 3-0 and for Matt Rule's bunch here. The spread is a field goal Cyclones are favored. Maybe Bill Snyder's helping them schedule uh, the games because <laughs> they haven't played no one so far. Um, this is a Bill Snyder-esque non-conference schedule. Iowa State's three opponents so far arguably much better. Baylor... Uh, might win the yardage battle, but they got to play a clean game. They also get penalized a lot, and that can cost you in close games. So I'm not sure if they can do both. Iowa State on a 25 and 10 against the spread run the last 35 games. Uh, you stand in front of that train, you're going to get you're going to get run over the last 35 games. The Cyclones run D, allowing just 3.3 yards per carry last year. They only lost one of their front seven guys and. Uh, Baylor, uh, they're going to need to be balanced. Not so sure uh, they can do that. They can just throw the football. So I like Iowa State here. I think they'll play with the lead and uh, force Baylor into a couple turnovers. Uh, I'm going to lay the two and a half to three. I have one in this game, 30 to 23. We got 30 seconds left. It's your game of the week. Michigan State is a two touchdown favorite over Indiana. If the gang wants more information, how do they get you, Lee? Just call me at 800 400. Nine seven four one. We'll give them that game for free. You know what? I'll also give them the Kansas City game. The Chiefs are playing on the road at Detroit. Should be a great matchup. They're undefeated also. So give them a college and a pro game here. So just call 800-400-9741, and the biggest game of the year goes for me on Saturday, my college football game of the year. You can purchase the game individually, or you can get what's called Locktober. Five weeks of action, just three ninety seven. It's all available. ParamountSports.com. Talk to you in a week, Lee. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Busy 11 o'clock hour ahead. We're going to get into college hoops. What's going on in Kansas, Iowa State, and I before we leave at noon. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.